All right, welcome to eMidCast. Today we're talking to Dr. Michael Cromines, who has been a, a night physician for his career. So we're hoping to get um, his perspective on what that is like. Um, welcome to the podcast, Dr. Cromines. Thank you. Um, so I just kind of want to start off with getting a little bit about your background. Where'd you go to undergraduate, medical school, and residency? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm from Albuquerque, New Mexico. I grew up there and uh, I went to undergrad there at UNM um, and med school there as well. And then uh, graduated med school in 96 and uh, went to uh, UIC in Chicago, University of Illinois, Chicago for residency in emergency medicine and then graduated in 99. Cool. And so since graduating from residency, um, you've been working exclusively nights for the past years, is that right? Yes. Yeah. So I'm in uh, 18 years, I think. Yeah. Okay. And kind of what setting do you currently work in? Is it like a community hospital or an academic setting? It's a community hospital. Okay. Yeah. All right. But uh, in when I came out of residency, I took a job at, it was an affiliated residency, so there's three hospitals. I took a job at one of the hospitals, and so it was an academic setting. So I did that for nine years and then uh, in Chicago and then came to Portland. Okay. And so in terms of working the night shift, kind of, when did you first think you wanted to do that or kind of what led you led you into doing that? Um, when I was, so I was a third year resident and, um, you know, I, I kind of wanted to train in, in the big city and get out of Albuquerque because I grew up there. You know, they had a great emergency medicine program, but, you know, I'd just been there my whole life. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I went to Chicago, but I always knew I kind of wanted to get back to the West. Um, but when I was a third year uh, resident, the one of the hospitals kind of approached me and said that they had they were looking to hire a new grad and and wanted somebody to be willing to work nights um and so i thought it'd be a good idea just to kind of stay at a hospital i was familiar with and get a lot of experience that way for maybe a couple years was my initial plan um and then move um and i took it because you know i hadn't really considered I just thought I would take a job doing you know the, the typical emergency schedule so they approached me about it and then I, I thought it'd be a good idea because it's um, single coverage and is a busy hospital it's a trauma center mm-hmm. high volume so I thought you know it'd be great to just come right out of residency and be single covered and just jump right in get a ton of experience um, and then okay. and then move on yeah. I ended up being there for nine years but yeah. <laughs> that makes sense so in terms of choosing a specialty, did um, we could just start with like did shift work go into your mindset of choosing yeah. a specialty? Definitely yeah. shift work, not specifically nights. Yeah. Like I said, I didn't consider the nights until yeah. at the end of residency when they approached me. But um, I've I've always been an insomniac my whole life. Like I can remember in elementary school getting sent to the principal's office because I'd fall asleep in class because I couldn't sleep the night before. Um, my mom's the same way. My one of my sisters the same way. So we're just kind of wired that way. Um, and so when I was a medical student, you know, starting third year and doing rotations, just having the pager, I don't even know if you guys use pagers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, I would, I couldn't sleep just the thought that it might go off, even though I had no real responsibilities as a third year, I would just be awake all night. And, and that's the way it was. Every time I was on call all through medical school, all through residency, I was pretty much just up all night because I couldn't couldn't sleep. I mean, maybe a couple hours here and there. Um, so, you know, I was in my twenties, and you can kind of get through anything at that age. Um, but I realized, like, there's no way I could make a career this way. So I, I knew, I couldn't, 
uh, you know, take call, really. Um, so it kind of made my decision process easier because it just took out a whole bunch of specialties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I figured, um, you know, it was, it was basically emergency medicine or anesthesia or a few others. Um, it wasn't the only thing. I mean, I, I kind of, I also liked everything I studied in medical school and then, mm-hmm. you know, doing rotations. Every rotation I, I thought was pretty interesting. I was like, oh, I could see myself doing this. And so I kind of wanted something that was going to give me exposure to everything. Um, but I also realized that I couldn't stand inpatient medicine and rounding and, and all that. So all of that kind of went into it. And yeah. I kind of realized emergency medicine was the best yeah. fit. So it sounds like just kind of summarize, it sounds like shift work is really kind of in the, in your mindset early on just yeah. because of your rotations and kind of not being able to sleep when you're worried about patients or getting paid or whatever. And then right. kind of the night shift came on later when you're really offered a job. Correct. And so after taking that job and kind of doing that, or I guess maybe even prior to starting that job, what were some of the concerns you had about working as a night doctor <clears throat> or just um, some of the things you were worried about? Yeah. Well, I, I had a really good advisor. Fortunately, because I didn't really, I wouldn't have thought it through very well, to be honest. Um, but uh, at the time that they approached me, I was actually rotating at one of the other hospitals. And I talked to one of the attendings there, and he's like, yeah, it's a great idea, but they'll make you work weekend shifts and all kinds of crazy night shifts. Um, you know, counter with them by saying that you're only going to work during the week and, and okay. no weekends. Um, he's like, they'll, if they want somebody to work nights, they'll give it to you. And also he said to make sure they're blocked. You don't want to work a night, be off a night, work a night. So I came back and with them and to, with that to them and, and they said, sure. And so kind of, we, we sort of created it that way. I, I mean, I'm sure people have done it before. Yeah. Like I created yeah. the night shift gig, but within that group mm-hmm. we did. And, um, you know, so I mean, so it sounds like one of the benefits you would say working nights is that you can kind of leverage that to say, if I'm going to work only nights, then I want to work, mm-hmm. you know, during the week and I want it to be three or four in a row. Right. Okay. Yeah. And then you get, you know, your blocks of time free. Yeah. Um, and like for me, I get all my weekends free. Yeah. And which is not the typical emergency right. schedule. You know, you're working a few, then off and then work some swings and then off and then work some nights and then have to cycle back. And yeah. That whole thing. Yeah. So you're trading kind of being awake at night and always kind of being up at night for more of a set schedule mm-hmm. versus kind of, yeah. you know, a kind of erratic schedule right. where you're working multiple shifts right. in a row or whatever. Which for me is a lot better. Again, back to the insomnia thing. <laughs> like I, I, so I noticed that during residency too. So, we, you know, I picked the, the specialty because I knew I had to do shift work, but then when I'm doing residency and I'm, doing these sort of rotating shifts, um, I was still having trouble, you know, sleeping and, and, and getting a, a, a sort of a set thing. Um, so I, once I started doing nights, I realized it's actually better for me because like during the, during the time that I'm doing the night shifts, I can sleep block time during the, during the day and then mm-hmm. opposite when I'm off. And yeah. Okay. So it's just more predictable with your sleep, more predictable with your free time. But, you know, it's a lot easier to plan things, plan vacations, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Other than that, do you have any other, like, pros or, like, things that you would say would be benefits for uh, working night shift? Well, yeah, like, 
you know, I was 29 when I graduated residency. I was still single and in Chicago. So it was great for that. <laughs> you know, I was off all weekend yeah. and just out on the town and which can be a bad thing. I mean, you, you, can, <laughs> you can take that too far pretty quickly, but, um, you know, it, it's great for your social life in that kind of setting, yeah. you know, and then, you know, I met someone, settled down and, and got married and then started having kids. And a lot of people think it, it would be bad for that, but it's actually a lot better for having kids because, you know, they're once they're school age, you know, they're in school basically when I'm sleeping. Yeah. I get up, we have dinner together. It's about time for them to go to bed when I go to work. Um, so I actually get to see them more. And then I, I uh, switch back to a day schedule on the weekend. So I have, you know, Friday through Sunday to hang out, to just hang out and do anything. And cool. Yeah. In terms of like being in the ED, um, do you like what are some of the benefits that you see? I, I think you mentioned one already is being a single covered and being able to deal with anything and really mm -hmm. getting kind of, a, I guess you would say, an inoculation to emergency medicine right away as an attending. Yes. Um, other than that, are there specific things that you feel are beneficial when you're actually in the ED? Um, yeah, I, I found that um, I didn't, I don't really, I don't know if to say I don't work well with other doctors, but I like being the only doctor. And, may, mm -hmm. and maybe it's just because I came out of residency and that's all I've done. But yeah. for example, um, about five, six years into it, I broke my arm and I had to, because I was in a cast, I couldn't be single covered. I couldn't right. intubate. So I had to do swing shifts and, and I hated it because, you know, I'm like, who picks up the next patient? And I yeah. kind of that whole jockeying thing. And um, also I noticed during the day, there's just a lot more people. There's a lot more staff. There's a, a lot more administrators around, which sounds like it might be good, but they... And a lot of a lot of ways they just get in the way yeah kind of hinders you yeah it hinders you and, and you know at night you you kind of have a skeleton crew you you're the only doc you have a few nurses but fewer than the than um the daytime but you still have all the same rooms right and so um it's just whatever comes in you see and there's, there's no mystery to it right. you just you just expand and contract to the patient volume kind of more streamlined for you and your decision yeah. making you're just seeing every patient right. and not worrying about and, it right and and a big thing i like is is the staff because that's the way it is they just work better together and they're they're you know when it's busy like everybody's helping each other out it's just like a much better team hmm. concept and it has to be for it to function and so i just like working with the night nurses yeah because of how they are you're kind of in it together to get yeah, through the night. To, yeah, right. It's I don't know. <laughs> Fortunately, I've never been in combat, but you know, it kind of sounds like yeah, like that, you know. Yeah. Um, what are some of the negatives or like cons of working in a night shift that you would say? Um, well, there's a lot, and I think that it, you know, again, I've been doing it 18 years, and I think. I know that I've been doing it that long because of how I do it. I think there's a specific way to do nights and too many people try to do nights and they burn out because they don't do it right. Um, sleep is the most important thing and, and most people, they just don't do that. They don't, they don't devote a, a sort of a strategy to how they're going to get enough sleep and mm -hmm. they'll just try to wing it with four or five hours and a bunch of caffeine and stuff like that. And you just, you can't sustain it that long. So yeah. if you can't figure that out, just that whole, um, sleep deprivation and, and also the circadian rhythm, uh, 
mess up is, is going right. to get you. Um, and a lot of people don't eat right. They don't take care of themselves. And, and you know, I, I'm not smart enough on the whole on circadian rhythms and all those things. There's a bunch of people that do research on that. But I know that when you're messing with that, like one of the things, one of the ways people compensate is by eating. And so they'll just eat throughout the night shift and they tend to eat trash. And I see this at work. So, so that's, I mean, it, there's the, the physical toll basically yeah. is the biggest con in my opinion. Um, and I'm sure even, even the way I think I do things right, I, I'm sure there's still some kind of long-term detriment to yeah. me, but I, I do, uh, and we can go into that, but I do a bunch of things to sort of yeah. try to counter that. Yeah. Well, I mean, we could just talk about it right now. I, I think I, people would be interested in here. Like, what is your schedule like specifically mm-hmm. like, like I, I know from, personally that you work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday mm-hmm. night. Right. So how do you like manage your sleep during the shifts when you're on? And then how do you manage your sleep? When right. You're off? So, um, and I figured this out kind of the hard way again, because when I came out of residency and I was young and I wasn't doing it right and, and, and it started to catch up to me. Um, so <clears throat> I've evolved and, and what I've come up with basically. So, um, well, let's start Sunday night. Um, so I work, yeah, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday nights. So Sunday, I'll kind of stay up a little later than usual and then get up early. So I'll sleep maybe six hours. Then I get up, I work out, you know, I have a garage gym. I'll work out there and then I go to uh, martial arts classes um, and then come back in, eat something. I'll go back to sleep again around noon or one and sleep till about five or six. Um, And then... I'm on the night schedule and I'm ready for that Monday night shift. And so over that sort of Sunday into Monday, sort of 36 hours, I've slept 12 hours, which basically you know, you're supposed to eat, sleep uh, eight hours a, a night. So yeah. it kind of works out yeah. or a day and a half. You're sleeping 12 hours. And then I go to work Monday night, come home. I work out again before I go to sleep. Then I'll sleep from about 10 to six. Same thing. Tuesday, 10 to six go to work Wednesday night, come home, work out again, and then kind of intentionally stay up a little bit later till maybe one in the afternoon, sleep five hours or so, get up, you know, hang out with the kids, the family, um, and then go to bed again around 11 o'clock, sleep another six hours or so, sometimes seven, then I'm up by um, six usually in the morning on Friday, and then I'm on the day schedule, so... So you schedule through the weekend. You change back from. So back I switch to... back and forth, and I do it in this specific way. Yeah. Um, and you know, the exercise helps a ton. You get rid of the stress from the shift, but it also helps you sleep better. Um, so, and I, you know, I had to kind of force myself, train myself to do that. I would just come home, and you don't want to work out in the morning after you've worked a night shift. But I, I, I kind of told myself. Um, well, first of all, I started going to CrossFit gyms, and so I would just like just drive there, just go and do the warm up. If you've done the warm up and you still don't want to work out, you can leave. <laughs> and of course, once you do it, you're like, you do it because yeah. you're into it. And so, convinced my wife to let me build a uh, garage gym, and so we did that. So I did the same thing. I, I I come home, just go straight into the garage. Do the, I have a set warm up that I do? Do the warm up if. After you've done the warm-up, if you want to quit, you can quit, but almost never do. Um, 
and I, I told myself initially I would force myself to do that for a month and then after the month it just got into it got into it so yeah. I've been doing that for years yeah uh, one of the questions I was going to ask you that I think you already kind of answered is there's kind of a lot of talk that constantly working the night shift can have detriments to your health and mm-hmm. you possibly take some years off your life and yeah. what do you do to stay healthy but it sounds like you already answered that you exercise mm-hmm. which not only helps you get more sleep mm-hmm. but then you also talked about eating healthy and not eating junk over the night right so those kind of seem like your big two things that those, you do. yeah right like i heard a statistic of 10 years yeah it takes yeah, 10 years off your life too. but i th- i think i see why like i i see all the people that don't do it right yeah so the, I, I, I think the most important thing is sleep and it's the most, and it's the most common thing that people do incorrectly. Yeah. You, ha- you have to accumulate those hours of sleep and there's a specific way to do it. Like for my bedroom is completely black. I have three levels of curtains. So I have like the regular shades and then inside that we have these blackout shades and then inside that these like really thick like movie theater type curtains yeah so the room is pitch black i have a air conditioning unit uh just in the bedroom separate from the rest of the house so i can make it very cold <clears throat> i actually take med- stuff to sleep so i take trazodone and uh doxylamine which is unison because they're not addicting if you're going to do this you can't take ambien and things right. like that because for your whole life yeah yeah <laughs> that's a disaster um, and so I've, you know, figured out the right cocktail and it works perfectly. And so, it, so I, I get, get the sleep. Then I think the next thing is probably diet actually is even more important than the exercise, but they, they go together. So I eat a ketogenic diet. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be that. I mean, some people may not agree with that right. sort of philosophy, but for me it works. Um, so I stay lean, I, I stay healthy. Um, and I, and, and you need some kind of discipline because, you know, every, every shift you go to, there's brownies and donuts and all that stuff. So you have to have discipline and bring your own food and bring your own snacks. So you're not tempted by that. Yeah. Um, pack your own food. Um, and then the third pillar is the exercise yeah. and I'm working out minimum four days a week, usually five. Yeah. Yeah, and that obviously ties into helping you get more sleep and eating right. healthy as well. Exactly, and and the times that I wasn't doing that, you know, there have been times where I didn't do that, and it, and it kind of all fell off the rails. I was not feeling good. I wasn't sleeping right, and that affects your work performance pretty quickly. Yeah, you start getting kind of edgy. People are people notice it. Yeah. Um. So, you really have to pay attention to those things. Awesome. Well, so jumping back to kind of what you see at night in the ED, um, are there particular types of patients you feel that you see more often than you would during the day? Or do you feel like your kind of patient population is unique and you have to treat them like a little bit of a different way or uh, you approach it differently? Our patient population at night or just in ED at, in general? At night. Yeah, it, it definitely it's different. It's uh, more substance abuse, alcohol, mental illness. Yeah. Um, and it's actually different where I worked in Chicago compared to Portland. I mean, you, you definitely have that trend back in Chicago, but it was also a trauma center. So there was a lot more trauma at night. Um, and where I work in, in Portland is not a trauma center. It's just a community hospital, but, um, and it's also a part, a part of town where, 
we just see a lot of substance abuse and and mental mental health emergencies um and you know having come through the scribe program the, the, the scribe i only work at that one hospital but all the scribes say that we see the most of that right. type of patient but then you see even more at night right um do you feel the acuity is any different at night do you feel that it's like kind of either, either all or nothing is, it, is that well, true or? um it it varies i i've worked in two places yeah. so far and they're different um in chicago uh the acuity definitely would pick up at night kind of the the, the late day late swing and in, in through the night mm. um you'd see more more acuity and a lot of times the morning shifts were kind of slow um whereas here i see more patients so I think the volume, and again, it's because I'm single covered, mm. um, so I'm gonna see more. Um, so I think the volume stays up, but the acuity goes down as far as critical, critically ill patients. Um, it's common that I come in and you know the doctor telling me about the the intubation and the central line and all the cool stuff they did, and then you know I've got a psychotic person and an abscess to drain and you know that kind of stuff okay all right so it i mean it seems like it could be the acuity could be different at night for multiple different reasons just depending on where you work it doesn't right. necessarily mean that it's just the night is a certain type of thing no matter what anywhere as far as the, the places i've worked yeah. yeah okay um i guess we all think of the night as kind of being a crazy time to be in the ED. Could you tell us about, I'm sure you have a lot of stories, but could you tell us about, you know, maybe one or two stories of really weird things that you've had to see or happen? Yeah. I mean, 18 years of only nights. I can't, there's so many stories. Um, it's funny because <laughs> when people outside of medicine find out what you do, almost always the first thing they want to know is what have you pulled out of someone's butt? <laughs> so I'm not going to tell any of those stories. There's been a, a bunch of those, but um, I think one of them was I was I, I came in to a shift and it was super busy. This is back in Chicago, and I just kind of went up to the to the charge nurse at the at, at uh, it was a it was a male nurse at the time. His his computer and we're just like talking, kind of running the board and trying to you know orient myself and get a game plan for who needs to be seen and a, kind of the briefing basically. And then just out of the ceiling tiles, this woman just fell through the roof, <laughs> hit the ground, like all this debris and stuff. And she just popped up and then ran out the ambulance bay and they were doing construction in, in the, in up in the ceiling. And so this worker like looked down and said, Hey, some woman just ran by. <laughs> like, yeah, we know. And so she ran out the, at the, the ambulance bay, and then one of our residents who had been working, so he knew who it was, he, and he used to be a defensive back for, I think, uh, one of the Midwestern schools, uh, Notre Dame. So he, you know, chased her down quickly. He, I don't even know if she made it to the bottom of the ambulance <laughs> ramp um, and brought her back in. And right about when he's bringing her back in, because it was sort of this back hallway um, around behind the trauma center, because she had climbed over the the, the, the trauma bay and dropped in dropped the hallway and in the back hall was sort of like the gynae rooms and psych and opto room and all this stuff so from from back there as as the residents bring her back in the police came back the police that were supposed to be guarding her 
And they tried they try to yell it at us and try to blame it on us. And For falling through. Yeah, I was like, no, no, you guys, you were watching her. It's, it's your fault. My resident just saved you guys. So apparently she had gotten arrested and, and made a, a gynae complaint. So they had to put her in this room and she was supposed to get a pelvic exam. So they were outside and she climbed up into the ceiling and... She fell through like. The <laughs> so she was trying to escape, and then just like stepped on one of the ceiling tiles. Obviously, yeah, it's not going to support her, and she just fell right through. Um, but it was just funny. <laughs> Great start to your shift. Well, it was just last thing you're to ex- expect. You're just she could have fallen on somebody. I mean, yeah. it could have been, or she could have hurt herself. She didn't get hurt, but you're just you know having a conversation, and then the person just falls out of the roof. <laughs> That's a pretty weird one. So some of the other questions, you know. Um, I guess we'll start with the, the first one. Um, kind of what advice would you give to somebody who's looking to go into EM who would really like to only work nights as their career, kind of like you have done? Yeah. Um, what kind of advice would you give them or what would you say to them are kind of the most important keys to take away? Um, I think you need to, you need to know yourself. Um, can you do it? Can you commit to this sort of regimen? Um, do you function well? at night and can you be disciplined enough to have a specific way that you're going to manipulate your sleep to to ensure that you're going to get enough sleep and exercise and eat right and do all those things um and if you if you think you can and you want to do it then um i think you should try to insist on having them block together and you know, I wouldn't, when you're young, you can do maybe four from time to time, but three is plenty. And the, one of the other benefits that we didn't discuss is there's a, usually you get paid more. There's a night differential. Right. Um, so you can work fewer shifts and, and make what you need to make. Um, so I think that's very important. Now, I had the benefit of there wasn't that many people doing this back when I started. So they were they're like, yeah, let's do it. But I've heard of other people working nights and, and they don't get their group to commit to that, which uh, I think is short-sighted on the part of a group. If, you, if you're an EM group and most of you don't want to work nights, you want to hire somebody to work nights, you know, give them what they want. If they're going to take, if one person's going to take three nights every week, that means the rest of you only have to work, have to split up the other four. Right. And in, in fact, in our group, they actually, they tried to hire someone to do the weekends and they've already gone through about three different people and they couldn't sustain it. And what's happening now that's more sustainable is one person does every Sunday and then she does a few other shifts during the week. And then another one does uh, Thursday, Friday, but then has all her weekends off and does a couple other shifts. And so that's more sustainable. So insist on that if you can. Yeah. Yeah. So just to summarize some of those points, um, sounds like a, when you're setting up your contract or whatever it is, advocate for yourself to get Mm -hmm. shifts during the week and three in a row. And that's kind of like the best, best case scenario. Yep. Um, and then the other part is exercise and eat healthy. It sounds like if you can do those three things and sleep, sleep, obviously you got, you, you, That, I, I can't stress that yeah. enough because that will make or break you long term. Yeah. And, and not even that long. Within yeah. a year or two. You'll start deteriorating. You'll just start. Right. Like I did it for nine years in Chicago and then I came to Portland and I, I, uh, 
kept in touch with the people from Chicago. The person they hired to replace me lasted three months. Yeah. And they were gone. Okay. Um, so sleep, exercise, which helps you to sleep, eat healthy, and then advocate for yourself for those shifts. Right. Um, and try to get them during the week. So the other question I have is majority of the people that are probably listening to this um, aren't, you know, a little insomniac and maybe yeah. a little crazy and don't, <laughs> maybe not a little crazy and yeah. don't want to. You don't have to be. I mean, <laughs> that's just how I came into it. But yeah. Um, and maybe don't want to go work night shifts, you know, mm. their entire. What, what would you say to somebody to maybe your colleague or, you know, a future resident um, mm. just to how to how to get through a string of nights or how to get through a couple of nights in a row um, if, you know, they're mm. not doing the the constant night shifts like every week right it's still about sleep and transition <clears throat> and uh i would not advocate just trying to uh, you know take monster energy drinks and and muscle it through i mean i guess if it's you know if you're doing one shift a month or something uh, nights you might be able to do that but i think it's just important to try to get a nap in however you're going to do that um and again you can you know, you can maybe sleep a little bit less the night before mm-hmm. and then take a four or five hour nap during the day before the shift. And then as long as you sort of got that core amount of sleep before the shift starts, and then it's going to make it a lot easier to make it through the shift. Yeah. And then obviously if you have mm-hmm. to work two or three in a row, yeah. just transitioning the next day, right. exercise and then get another good right. six, seven hours. You just, you just need to figure out how you're going to break up and split your your sleep cycles to change the timing yeah. of when you, when your brain needs to be to sleep. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. And then obviously a nice cold dark room, like you said. Right. Cold dark room, and you know you have to. A lot of it depends on on your situation. Who are you living with? You know, are they going to be supportive of this and help make it work? You know, one thing I left out, he, a critical part of why I'm still doing this after having kids is that we have an a great nanny. It's not a full-time nanny, but she's there three and a half days a week. Um, and then on Wednesday, my wife is off. So there's somebody there during the day that's dealing with the kids while I'm sleeping right. and they keep them away from the bedroom and it works well. And, and actually in addition to the it, sound is another thing. So I have the fan, but then I also have, or I have the air conditioner, but right by the door, I have another fan so to, you to block out the sound. Block out all the noise. Yeah. So a good nanny or somebody to watch the kids. Obviously, you can't be woken up right. with the kids every 30 minutes. Or... And I still get to see them. I get I take the kids to school. Right. But after they're in school, at 10 o'clock rolls around, I go to sleep. And so um, you need to figure that part out and and um, be a little selfish with the sleep. Right, with your family, whoever your partner mm-hmm. is, just making sure that yeah. <laughs> the priorities and, right. you know, I'm going to sleep at this time. All right. Well... Outside of working the night shift, any other last advice you would give to future EM docs or just um, any last comments you would like to make? Um, well, sort of this, the same advice I give to all medical students. When you're deciding what you want to do for the rest, for your whole career, you know, you're going to be working 40 years plus or minus. Um, you need to know yourself first and honestly and brutally assess yourself what are you good at what are you not so good at what things can you tolerate well what things can you not tolerate well um and then when you're doing your rotations and 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 experiencing all these things do the same thing for each specialty the good stuff but also the bad stuff the the 
you know, the ugly side of it and try to match yourself accordingly. Cause too many people just, they, they judge, you know, what they like and then what the good side of a specialty is. And then they end up getting in there and doing the residency and then reality hits them. And there's this whole downside, you know, um, bad side of it that they're not really, they don't have the personality to really deal with. And then they end up, Oh my God, I made the wrong decision. Um, so try to, try to do that and, and pick the right specialty that way. And then if you do all that and you've got it wrong and you start a residency and you're thinking, man, I picked wrong, cut your losses, switch specialties, get into a different residency. If it's a year or two down, you haven't wasted a bunch of, I, you know, when I, in Chicago, I taught at a, or I worked at a, a teaching institution. So I encountered this pretty much every year. There'd be a few residents that would have this problem and I would, I would tell them, you haven't wasted any time, you know, whatever you learn, any experience is going to transfer somewhat over to your next specialty. Right. And in the grand scheme of things, who cares about a year or two when it's, you know, 40 years or, or at least 30 year career. So make the switch and, and get into the thing that you want to do. All right. So just to summarize that, it sounds like make sure you evaluate yourself, know what you're good at, but also know what you're bad at know the things the worst things about i think you said this to me before the worst things about the specialty that you can be okay with so right you know the things that you absolutely hate doing are you going to be okay with the, doing those things day in and day out for four years exactly and for everybody it's different like for me i, I knew carrying a pager and then rounding you know writing the same notes on people the same every day was it was horrible i would get like restless leg syndrome in, in, <laughs> in rounds for like four hours you know um but you know, uh, drunks, druggies, violent people. It doesn't stress me out that yeah. much. But other people, they completely, they just can't handle that. And it's fine. It's just you, you just have to know what type of person you are. Know yourself. Yeah. All right, Dr. Romains. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. We really appreciate it and appreciate all the advice you give. You gave. Um, I think that was a great podcast. And um, we just thank you very much for taking the time to do this. Yeah, no problem. Good luck. We thank Dr. Cromings for being on eMidcast to briefly summarize some of the main points we discussed. Overall for the night shift, what you're trading off, if you get the right contract, is a set schedule for being awake and working at night. Some of the benefits this brings is that with a set schedule, it is easier to arrange family life, social life, vacations, etc. However, one of the major negatives of working at night is the physical toll it takes on your body. This is for many different reasons. In order to stay healthy, Dr. Cromine says three things are the most important, sleep, good diet, and exercise. In order to improve your sleep, make sure you have a set schedule, use blackout curtains, some way to block out noise, and you can try sleep aids like Trazodone or Unisom. If you have family, make sure everybody is on board with their schedule so that there are not any unexpected inter interruptions in your sleep. Exercise also keeps you healthy and improves your sleep, so make sure that you put it in your night schedule somehow. Lastly, it is very easy to eat unhealthy on the night shift, so combat this by packing your own lunch. The best possible situation for working night shifts for many years is initially advocating for yourself when signing your contract to have three nights blocked out in a row and to have those nights be during the week. One of the benefits you get with working the night shift is a differential in pay, so you can usually work less shifts and make the same amount of money. Dr. Cromings also gave us some great advice on choosing a specialty. His main point was that in making your choice, brutally and honestly evaluate yourself and the specialty. Know who you are, what are your likes and dislikes, 
and also know the worst thing about the specialty, and if you can tolerate that for 40 years, it is probably a good fit. Lastly, if you realize you chose the wrong specialty in residency, cut your losses early and change to a new one. Well, that is all we have for today's podcast. We hope you got something out of it, and thanks for listening.